Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mom Cooks Fast and Slow. I'm Alex Sullivan, and I'm delighted to have you at my kitchen table. Why is family so important to me? And why do I think it's so necessary for communities to support families? Today, I discuss this with my sister, Sam, as we examine Italian-American traditions and how it has shaped us as humans. There are so many things you think of when you hear Italian-American. Pasta and meatballs, Zeppelis, Columbus Day, Christmas Eve, Frank Sinatra, Frankie Valli, hand gesticulation when we talk, or all things referencing The Godfather, The Sopranos, or most recently, The Jersey Shore. But what is an Italian-American family really? And how has our history created the culture we have today in America? Join me and my sister as we discuss. I hope you enjoy. It came from somewhere, but... Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm also laughing. My friend Sarah just texted me. She was like, my friend in Brooklyn is throwing an Italian-American party next Saturday and I need a costume. You're like, all black. <laughs> yeah, she was like, you better not let me down. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so anyway, um, hi, Sam. Hi. Good morning. Thank you for joining me on Mom Cooks Fast and Slow. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited for this this new journey. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. Um, and I thought for one of the first couple of episodes, it would be fun and like interesting, I think, to kind of explain why family is so important to me and why this kind of path that I'm trying to go down is a result of being an Italian-American, and I thought, who better to talk about that with me than my sister? Um, so I just thought we'd start a little bit about how important family is to us and why it is that way and kind of the background of our family. So I thought we'd start with our, our big Italian family, all of our cousins. So if you want to talk a little bit about how big our family is, you know, our, our mom's side specifically, but also mm -hmm. our maiden name is Mistretta. So yes. our dad's side is Italian too, but maybe just talk a bit about that. Absolutely. Maiden name is Mistretta. Our mom's maiden name is Milana. She is one of six girls, six crazy, crazy girls. So you can imagine what that house was like growing up. Six girls, grandma and grandpa, and then our great grandmother was living in the house with one That's bathroom. right. Grandma Grams. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> So all those w women went on and now we have, we're, you and I are two of 13 cousins by blood on, and now I think we're 17 by marriage on, just on mom's side. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I think we how, should include that grandpa went half deaf, like at 45 because he was just by choice. like, I can't handle these Italian women anymore. It was so I'm going to listen to yeah, I'm going to listen to half of what they have to say. Exactly, exactly. It was a, it, was, it was a complete survival tactic. But um, yeah. So I think just I mean for us growing up with a big family was so much a part of who we are, right? Whether it was like the Sunday dinners or just like barbecues in the backyards, and I should mention that most of the cousins on mom's side are boys. So we yes. like grew up kind of like roughing around, playing football, but then also forcing them to do musicals with us and like Christmas right. celebrations and performances um, because obviously Christmas Eve is our Super Bowl, our World Series, everything <laughs> for the Italian-American. Christmas exactly. Eve is the day. The Christmas Eve is the day. Before we get into Christmas Eve, though, I want to touch a little bit on – so dad's side too – 
He has an Italian Sicilian father. So our yes. grandfather, Mistretta. So Mistretta is a town in Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our grandmother was Irish, which the Irish and Italians butt heads. Um, <laughs> but we mostly focus on our Italian side. But the reason I bring it up is both our grandfather on our mother's side was a a firefighter and our dad's father was an electrician. So a big part of the Italian American family is that it's a lot of people that kind of worked blue collar jobs and wanted to provide a better life for their families and, and, um, work their way up. So, um, so our nanny came over. So Nona is the word for, grandmother in Italian and we called our grandfather's mother. So Mm -hmm. our great grandmother, we called her Nani. She came over in 1901, Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, through Ellis Island. Um, and she came over by herself, um, and made friends like in an Italian American, uh, in Italian, uh, area in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. Um, and the funny story and kind of what ties all of this into how important family is, is that she had a best friend and back then early 1900s Italian lives Italians lived in certain enclaves so it was like Italian ghettos or um you know little Italy type places it wasn't little Italy yet but those type places um and everyone that lived in your neighborhood was basically your family so she had a best friend who was married to a man they had children and then the mother died her best friend died and asked Nani on her deathbed to take care of her husband and her her kids. Um, and so our Nani married this man, um, took care of his kids, and then had two kids of her own, one of which is our grandfather. Which so really, I, I mean, was taking family to a whole other level. Yeah, it really – but I, a- I, I feel like that is such a – how, you know, that part of our history – passes down into the sense of when we make friends, we go all in. Like, I think anyone that knows us knows that if you are friends with Mastretta girl, but an Italian kind of woman in general, like they be- make you part of their family. That's yeah. that's what they do. Um, and so- And I feel like that's been something, I feel like when I'm first really meeting someone and I'm introducing myself to them- one of the first things that I'll kind of mention or throw in there is like, oh yeah, I'm a New Yorker and I'm an Italian American. And I feel like that in itself kind of describes to them who I am before yes. I even really need to tell them. Right. right. It's, it's, it's me saying family over everything. It's me saying, you know, I'm going to be very opinionated, especially <laughs> when it comes to food. And then third, it's, it's, I'm a little feisty and I'm ride or die. Right. right? Like exactly. That's it. It's all, and it's so funny because before I was doing this interview, I watched a documentary on Italian Americans because I was like, maybe there's this whole part of Italian American history that I think I'm Italian, but like really it's just how our parents raised us. And I associate <laughs> that with being Italian, but it's not really. And it a hundred percent is like, we are fully the stereotype of Italian Americans. And it, and it comes from this kind of like long history of, being immigrants and, and, you know, slowly generation after generation, you know, making your way towards becoming an Italian American. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, which really didn't happen. Like Italians weren't fully meshed into the fabric of America until world war two, when they had to make a decision 
between fighting for Mussolini or against Mussolini. And that was kind of the turning point for um, Italian Americans really becoming, okay, like we're Americans now. Embracing their new culture. Yeah. Um, And another kind of like interesting fact that I learned, which also speaks to this family over everything and why it's so important. Um, There is this thing called the Rosetto effect that is known in um, sociology circles and um, like clinical medical circles Mm -hmm. where in the 1960s, there was this town in Rosetta, Pennsylvania, and it was a town that always kept being Italian Americans surrounded by family. Everyone always moved Mm -hmm. back. Everyone helped each other out. Everyone was supporting each other. And this one town had a rate of heart disease like significantly lower than the national average, like significantly so. And they called it the Rosetto effect in that like having family or having a group of people that support each other actually reduces stress. And with less stress, you, you know, are less likely to have heart disease and things like that. So I thought that was so interesting. Um, And I love, I love, I just, I, I just think that speaks so much to how we feel about our family and being with our cousins. And, and so we can now like kind of get into our favorite day of the year, which is, yeah, which is Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. But yeah, I mean, piggybacking on that, just feeling that support and that love, which brings us to Christmas Eve. It was the, it is the best day of the year. Like you and I look forward to it every single year. And it's not just because it's, it's because one, we're with our family and we're with everyone and it's going to be loud and crazy and we're going to belly laugh harder than we laughed since the last Christmas Eve. And it's the food. It's all, it has to be, be all the food, the Feast yeah. of the Seven Fish. And it's, I mean, we like made sure for years and years and years and years that we kept doing Christmas Eve at grandma's house. I know. And I mean, grandma's house couldn't even fit six girls <laughs> when they were living, you know, on Long Island when they were younger. And then we became, you know, six plus their husbands, plus all their kids. I, I mean, we I think like 32 30 something. something. Yeah, yeah, it was. And we were like, no, we're doing it at grandma's house. We're going to be all over each other. No, all over each other. You're taking turns. Who gets to sit down? Dad's frying the calamari. Everyone's standing next to dad, but you're trying not to get hit by the oil. It's it's a circus and it's the best. <laughs> it is. Wait, so let's so talk about, and I think this is actually a Southern Italian thing. So most... Okay. um most Italian Americans have heritage from Southern Italy. So Sicily, South of Rome, really South of Naples, um, Mm -hmm. Calabria, like that's, those are, and the reason most of the immigrants come, came from the South of Italy is because it was the poorest part of the country. Um, and they couldn't, you know, make ends meet. And so America was like a place to, you know, new opportunity and all that. But the, so the, a lot of the traditions that we have in America from Italian Americans is mostly Southern Italian Americans. And you had kind of taught me about, cause I had roughly known what the Feast of the Seven Fish was about, but you had told the story about the fishermen this year, which yeah. I wasn't t- totally aware of. So you should tell that story too. Yeah. So, so the Feast of the Seven Fishes is that on Christmas Eve, you only eat fish. And ideally you have seven fish that you eat on Christmas Eve. The reason it's seven is because seven's like a really important 
number in Roman Catholicism, like seven deadly sins, um, seven sacraments, things like that. But the other part of it is the reason it was fish and not meat or anything like that was actually to support the fishermen in southern Italy. So we do scungili, bacala we used to do, we do clams. Um, we uh, like we do, the yeah, mussels. the pupa, mussels, shrimp cocktail. Yeah. We did lobster one year, um, which was great. Yeah, that in. yeah. yeah our cut, our cut, our cousin married a, a Jewish guy who gets super into Christmas Eve and, and is an unbelievable awesome cook. cook. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. And so he, you know, get, get put his own little flair into it. And so, yeah, so that that's what we eat on Christmas Eve. Um, and if you talk to, you know, any still Italian American that celebrates that, they, they'll all tell you it's like gross. Like it's like all the smelly fishy food, but it's just what Christmas Eve is. I think grandma or grandpa had told me this was that they wanted the fishermen in Sicily or in, in the South of Italy to be supported through like holiday seasons. And so the seven fishes was a way to kind of force Italians to support their local fishermen and buy all different types of fish to support them through the holiday season, their families through the holiday season. Um, and so it's, again, like it all comes back to, yes, exactly. Um, it's just a really fun night. The one weird thing about our family that I think is also a big part of Italian American culture that we are not a part of is drinking wine. No, it's very, everyone's always, it always thinks it's very weird. About I, well, it is very weird because it's, I mean, most, when you talk to, you know, other Italians here, they're always like, oh, and the wine and everyone drinks so much of and our family just didn't do that. I don't know what that was about either. I don't know if it was, if it was a cost thing or, 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 or maybe or that's what, true. You know, I don't yeah. know. If maybe we couldn't afford that much wine, but I feel like our generation now, like you, me, our cousins yeah. have very much embraced the We've wine embraced tradition. the drinking part. Um, We've made up for the wine Eve. tradition, um, which is just kind of a, a fun part of it. But yeah, we, we never really, the, the parents weren't really ever drinking growing up. Yeah. Is, you know, everyone, everyone was crazy without the, the alcohol. They didn't Right. It. <laughs> that's true. I mean, that's, that's also true. And then the other Can part. Can you imagine how loud it would have been? No, no. Oh my gosh. I mean, dad had to take Advil as it was, but. Before going. Yeah. Um, but the other part that we do, and I think this a little bit kind of speaks to Italian American culture because there was this whole, um, generation of people that grew up on like the Rat Pack and guys like that, that, um, we started appreciating the arts and, and opera and things like that. And grandpa always loved that. And so our Christmas Eve's, we always did shows for everyone where we would perform musical numbers and We've kind of changed that a little bit with our Christmas tradition, turned it into a karaoke night, which I yep. I still really love. love. Um, but that's the other part of Christmas Eve that, you know, I think is an important part of our um, tradition. Absolutely. Because even if it meant, you know, forcing our boy cousins to have a choreographed dance and sing along with us and they were fighting and nagging us and, and you know, that was just building that cousin relationship, building, you know, it, it was, it was building that rapport, which, um, it was just always so much fun. Even if they hated it, they, right. they secretly loved they it. They secretly loved it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now, I mean, on top of 
Christmas Eve and the seven fishes. Food yes. is a big part of our life as Italians. Yes. Um, and I think the funniest part sometimes about being Italian is if you like say, oh, you know, you're gluten free, like as an Italian, you're like, what? Like you're <laughs> right. They're like, what, what do you mean? mean? <laughs> like who doesn't get a stomachache yeah. from pasta? You just, you just do it. Like that's what you're supposed you to do. do. Right. We should mention too that our grandfather has pasta every single night of the week. Every single as night. As like an appetizer to Correct. whatever the meal is that night. Right. A, a pasta appetizer. Also, side note, we have a pasta appetizer before our Thanksgiving meal, but that's a, that's a whole other thing. That's a, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. But we engorge ourselves in pasta before we get into Thanksgiving. Right. So, but yeah, when there's, I mean, grandpa used to take a big loaf of bread and we'd all be sitting around the table and he'd just rip it off and throw. Who wants bread? Who wants bread? So there, I mean, gluten galore. It was right. gluten for everyone. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. And if you got a stomachache, that was just part of the ride. Like that was right. just, you, you ate know. too much. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And um, so it's definitely the pasta. It's definitely the overeating. I mean, the overeating that we do. I mean, luckily when Ryan, my husband married into our family, he had an Italian background. So he kind of knew the lay of the land. But when Tommy, your husband married into the family. I was just going to say, so first of all, his first holiday, I, I needed to tell him he's a big runner. So I had to be very kind of literal with him and say, it's a marathon. You know, you, you can't sprint through. Don't fill up on the antipasto. There's, there's course after course after course. His first holiday by course three, he was done. He was on the couch. He, he just, he just didn't operate well. And what he always kind of initially, I, I never really noticed it, but he, he, there's a difference between our two families, but my husband and mine and our family, our whole day is centered around the meal, right? Preparing the meal. No, sorry. Talking about the meal. What are we going to make? You know, shopping for the meal, preparing for the meal, making the meal. Everyone's in the kitchen. You know, dad's doing something. Mom's doing something. Everyone's kind of doing their part, sitting down, setting the table, and then eating the meal, right? And then, But then you're at the table. Even after you've eaten, you sit at the table for another hour and everyone's chit-chatting. You're telling stories. What did you do today? You know, right. what are we going to do this weekend? And you're just sitting and talking around the table constantly. Whereas his family is more activity-based, right? Where they're always doing activities and it's kind of a grab and go. Oh, right. Oh, shoot. Yeah, we should eat. Okay, eat quickly. And then we have to go to our, to our next activity. So it's it was it's such a dichotomy to, between our two families. And he it, it, he struggled at first because he was like, whenever we were just sitting around the table, he's like, okay, well, what's next? What are you doing? And I'd be like, no, this is what we're doing. We're spending time with family. You know, it's it's lunchtime. It's, right, like that's the talk. activity. Yeah. 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 So that's right. that's been very funny to watch him kind of acclimate to it. Now he loves it. Now he's like, what are we making? I'm right. smoking the beef. You know, like he's, he's all in. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I think that's part of it too, is we just, we, we don't give people a choice. Like you have to get all in. That's, you just got to exactly. buy into it and eventually you'll love it too. Yes. yes. Um, so speaking of kind of traditions um but there are it's not technically traditions i would say stereotypes or like old wives tales that we fully feed into and mm -hmm. you know are defined by with it italian culture mm -hmm. um so the the first couple of things is i was thinking about how mom when we have have had our babies um is obsessed with keeping babies warm like the I was socks, just talking about this the, other the, day. the draft from the closed we window, 
Right. Or the socks. The hat on the head when it's 75 degrees out. Like that's mm-hmm. that was that was like a thing. Like Italian Amer- Italian immigrants would would close all the doors in their houses, close all the windows. They were t- petrified of a draft. Like they would be in these and it was just and that just passed down. It passed down and passed down and now it's you know, it probably started because they didn't have any heat in the right, house. Right. right. And now it's like 80 degrees out and mom, my baby's sweating. She has me wrapped <laughs> in a wool blanket. I'm like, mommy's overheating. <laughs> exactly. So it's so funny. No, that's that's our life. Yes. That is, you know, very, very part. And I know that our cousin Ashley deals with the same thing with her mom, <laughs> like our aunt. And, you know, it's just the, the crazy. The crazy kind of passes down. Um, the other thing, which I think is a really important aspect and kind of what's led us to be the people we are, and and all of our cousins, really, um, in whatever kind of shape of life they, they've taken or decided to take. We have, you know, amazing athletes in our family. We have like hungry, you know, guys that just work and get it done and, you know, no matter what they're doing. Um, Serving for our country. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, the kind of string that ties that all together is we learned you work hard and there are no handouts. And that's Mm -hmm. like a big part of the kind of culture that we were brought up in. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love that because it's this, it, it kind of keeps you warm and fuzzy thinking when, when you're working hard and when you know you're trying to accomplish something. And um, and it was the thought of you work hard, but we have you back and we're yes, supporting you, but you totally. got to work hard. You exactly. Know? We're yes. here for you. It's like your family's it's, it's here. You. Yes, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that. And so I, I was thinking, where did that come from? I mean, that's mm-hmm. a great quality that our whole family has. Is it just because, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think it came from grandma and grandpa specifically, but it was kind of like in our DNA to, to yeah. feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was going back and I read a story about in 1927, there was a bombing in the North Beach area of San Francisco mm-hmm. and um, someone bombed the St. Peter and St. Paul Church mm-hmm. in North Beach. And that area was all Italian, like pretty much all Italian. Um, and because Italians at the time were very poor, none of the traditional banks wanted to give Italians loans to get the city back up and running. Mm. Um, and so it was kind of, you know, the whole town area of North Beach was destroyed. They weren't able to get money to start laying bricks or whatever you need to do to build it back. And so this guy, Amadeo Giannini, um, he was an Italian who had money, um, not from the North Beach area, but from California somewhere, I forget. Um, okay. But anyway, he went to this North Beach town and he met with guys, met with their families, went to dinner with their families and basically said, if you have calluses on your hands, I'll mm-hmm. consider that collateral because <laughs> if you have calluses on your hands, it means you're a hard worker and yeah. you're going to work. And so I'll lend you this money and help you like build up North Beach. Yeah. And he would do that. And he, he had this like little, like first it just started him going to door to door. And then he set up this little shop called um, the Bank of Italy. Um, and, you know, he, he would stay open all day long, every Saturday, have people come in, tell them why they needed to borrow money. He would take their calluses as collateral and lend <laughs> them the money. And he 
so that was 1927. And over the next three years, he opened a bunch of branches all over doing the same thing. Like he said, he was for the little guy, you know, doing the same thing all over. And that bank is now called the Bank of America. That's insane. I know. Isn't that crazy? It's just, it's, I was like, wow. It's just like a true American story. Yeah. Like starting from nothing and the the true Italian American story, nothing like a handshake deal. Right. Right. Exactly. And it's grown to be. Yeah. And, and that was the first time uh, Italian Americans started trusting people. So there was this big, um, when Italians, Southern Italians were still living in Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, the South of Italy was not part of the North of Italy. And they were actually owned by a, a Spanish monarch- monarchy. And in like 1860-ish, um, this guy called Garibaldi started a revolution and was like, we want to be part of Northern Italy. Like we don't, because they were so poor and whatever, we don't want to be part of Spanish monarchy anymore. They won and they became part of Northern Italy, but Northern Italy, the government like did not like Southern Italy. So they started taking advantage of them. They taxed them like crazy, whatever. And anytime a Sicilian would have like a little garden in their backyard, the government would come and tax them, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so that those people started saying, okay, keep it in the family. Like don't (laughs) Don't tell anyone what you got. Like if you got right. a cow in your backyard. You didn't see a garden. You didn't see, right, exactly. <laughs> and they carried that kind of like feeling with them over to America. So Italian Americans didn't trust people. And that it was very much keep it in the family, keep it in the family, keep it in the family. Don't trust anyone. And so this guy Giannini, when he started lending money it to families, it, it brought them a little bit into like you can start trusting some people, like, right, like right. keep, keep your cash under your You're bed or whatever right. you need to do. But you know, you can start trusting people a little bit more. Um, yeah. so I thought that was a really interesting story and kind of explains why, you know, we have this work hard, support people, you know, yep. get things done. If someone's not getting it done, you'll get it done. Um, and that's part of our, our culture and Absolutely. something that I think we always, carry with us as kind of a bad badge of honor being Italian Americans. Um, and what we're now trying to pass along to our own kids, you know, yes. kind of that there are certain things, obviously, you know, we might not take the, the sock and thing from our, our mother, but there are definitely certain things from our culture and, and wonderful things that our parents have instilled in us that we do want to pass. Along. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, so I do think that we need to talk a little bit about the, caricatures of Italian Americans in, in, uh, you know, our culture and And how we are them. Yeah. I mean, yes, but also we're not, you know, part of the mafia. Like, you know, we're not part of those characters. Not those characters. Um, but like the mafia, the Sopranos, I mean, the Jersey Shore, we may feed into some of those stereotypes for sure. Um, but it's funny because, as much as the mafia, the mob, whatever, we have we have no connection to it. We, you know, we don't really know people that were ever in it. Um, but we love The Godfather. I mean, <laughs> it's it's one of our favorite movies. And I was trying to think, and maybe you can help me think about it. But like, why that 
culture around the mafia and the mob and the Sopranos and things like that is something that Italian Americans, not all of them, but like, I feel like we take pride in it a little bit. And I don't know why that is, but we do. So I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I think because it's exactly what we've been talking about. It speaks to everything we believe in, right? Like we might not take it to that level of, of what you'll do for your family, but at the, at the core of it, it's a family story. You know, it might be a little gory and it might be a little intense, but it's, it's all about family. And this, this godfather is the patriarch of the family. Um, and, and it's, and it's, you know, all the crazy things that he'll do to, to make sure everyone's safe and everything's you know, everyone's good and in his blood family and, and those that he's, he's kind of, you know, taken on as his, his family that are the friends and, and the community as it is. Um, and it was, and I, I mean, our family watched the offer this year too, which is a, yeah. you know, one side of the story as, as far as how the Godfather was made. And that kind of opened up this whole other world, um, into how the mafia was kind of involved in the, even the making of that movie and, and just all of those inner workings and relationships. I think we respect in a sense because we, we understand where they're coming right. from, you know? Right. Yeah, no, totally. It's like this, you don't want them to succeed at killing people, but you're like, Ooh, <laughs> you're succeeding and you're right. doing it for your family. He, he, he did kind of wrong, you know, yeah, that, right. but yeah, I kind of get it. <laughs> I mean, which does speak to a little bit, you know, to the loyalty aspect of our culture is like yes. we demand loyalty. That's like a yes. big part of, you know, it's like if someone wrongs me, I'm like, oh, I hope they don't find a horse head in their bed. I mean, I'm joking, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like this. And we're just very protective, right? Like our, yeah. our parents have always been very protective of us. You're very, you have, have always been very protective of me you know, as I'm, I am to you. You know, it's just you, you protect your own. Yeah. And so that kind of makes me think too about Italian boys and their mothers, which we, we are now Italian mothers to boys. How do we break that cycle? I don't know. I mean, our cousin Brandon is 30 years old and his mother still like comes and irons his clothes on Sundays or yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's something about but like, and I look at him and growing up, I was like, Brand, you know, yeah, you gotta, let's go. But now I look at my own son and I'm like, I will, I will press them every Sunday. <laughs> I, I will come sweetheart and press them every Sunday. And I mean, when Grayson comes home from school and he's like, ma, can I just have some pasta and meatballs? I'm like, of course, let me just whip it up real quick. Like, I don't care what I'm making for dinner. You want my pasta and meatballs? You can have them. Exactly. So yeah, we gotta, we gotta make sure that we, we figure that out. We gotta be good about it. I don't know. I know. I feel like it's okay to still spoil them in that way, as long as we're spoiling our daughter-in-laws as well. Right. True. You know? Yeah. Just, just bring them into the fold. Right. And you gotta. We both. We're gonna drive them crazy, though. I already I know, know it. It's gonna be. We'll see. Well, you and know it's what? It's gonna be like we're gonna drive each other's yes. daughter-in-laws crazy too, because yes. obviously we're yeah, we're all very involved. Right. We're all very involved. So to our future daughter-in-laws, if you ever see this, we're sorry in advance because we know we're, we're going to be painful. <laughs> we're self-aware. <laughs> um, yeah, man, that will be quite be the fun. thing. That'll be fun. And I'm um, excited to see what our boys do and what they take from us, you know, yes. like, because I think 
kind of moving towards just growing up and yes, cooking and mealtime, like dinner time was always the best part of the day for, for our family, right? Like yes. our dad is a dentist and he was, we were lucky enough that he was able to be home for dinner every night with us. And I just think that's growing up, seeing your parents talk about their day, you know, telling, telling your siblings and your parents about their day, everyone sitting around the table and just having that conversation every night and that being a routine also, you know, strengthens that support and that family and that connection. And, you know, it's something that my son's three months old and he still sits with us at dinner every night, you know? (laughs) No, I mean, we did the same thing. We had dinner as a family. We still, I mean, obviously every night we do. And as your kids get older, you know, there's sports and there's this and there's that. And so it gets harder to do it every single night. Um, But I do always cook a meal every night so that, you know, we're all having the same thing, whether, you know, if Grayson's got to eat it on the run or whatever, you know, everyone's having the same meal. And then of course, Sunday dinner is, you know, the, the big dinner that, you know, we always make sure as a family or sometimes too, what's really nice is, I mean, if you were living up here, I feel like we would be having Sunday dinners together every That's Sunday, mm-hmm. but we, you know, have family friends that'll come over for Sunday dinner or we're, you know, we have uh, family friends in town that are actually funny story. When I first moved to New Canaan, I was like, I was coming from Long Island where we like, there were a fair amount of Italians, like, you know, whatever. And I moved up to New Canaan, Connecticut. And I was like, Ooh, like, is there <laughs> Italians here? Like, I don't know. And I asked my realtor and I was like, you know, um, do you know any Italians in New Canaan? <laughs> and she looked at me, I had eight heads, but she was like, actually, I, I, I know, know one. one. <laughs> I know one Italian. Because like Norwalk has like a big Italian um, culture there. And and so my now one of my best friends, Kelly, is from Norwalk, but she lives yeah. in New Canaan and she introduced us. And she does Sunday dinner every week with her family. And, you know, she married an Egyptian guy and, and he has his culture and they infuse that culture into their family too. But on Sundays it is Italian meatballs with all the crazy aunts and all the cousins. And, and it's and just, it's so, it's so funny too. Cause I've obviously met a bunch of your friends and they're all wonderful. And I love talking to them whenever I see them, but Kelly, it was like immediately we kind of fell into it together because we talked the same way. And she's like, you know, maybe right. at Sammy, Sammy, don't do that. You know, all right. And, and what did you do last night? All right. All right. Did you get the ball? Okay. And, you know, like she's, she's yes. crazy like we are. And I right. love it. Yes, totally. And so I kind of immediately felt that sisterhood with her because I was like, okay, she gets it. Yeah. Right. Yes. She's one yeah. of us. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's an Italian. She gets it. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, but I thought this this was kind of like a fun way for people to understand who I am as a person. And um why family is so important to you, to us, to us as a family, and why I think it's important for communities. I mean, that Rosetto, Pennsylvania, and here's like the saddest part about that story is, so the 1960s, they did that study, they showed, and then as the town, you know, as kids started getting educated, as they started trying to make a better life for themselves, like it was a pretty blue collar town, whatever, kids started moving away. The the town isn't like a family town anymore. And that, that heart disease rate has now reached the the national average. It's like that. And so it's, you know, there's such this push and pull between you want to savor part of your, your culture and your family and keep everything super tight knit. But also the American dream is to accomplish different things and go your own path and, that push and pull is is weird, you know, I feel like for 
for us, for, you know, anyone that kind of has to deal with that, wanting to hold on tight to the past, but then need to, you know, push forward into the future. So it's just, it's that balance like anything else. Yeah. 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 It is. It is that balance. So we'll have to try and, you know, balance that with our, our boys and just make sure that they always come home for Sunday dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but anyway, I usually ask a question at the end. The usual question is, what is your favorite family tradition? And so, I mean, we obviously, I think, would both say Christmas Eve. Like that's, you know. But so I thought what might be interesting is to say your family tradition that you learned from Tommy's family. Like, do they have Ooh. any family traditions that, I mean, Tommy's half Cuban, so are there any yes. Cuban family traditions that you really like or just his family in general, something that they do that you oh, enjoy yeah. as a family tradition? Yeah, this is a good one. Yeah, his so Tommy's half Cuban. His father came, home, came over from Cuba when he was three years old, I believe. Um, which has been nice because the Cubans and the Italians, they both have that kind of like spice. Flair. Yeah. Um, they, they have that flair. And they do, even though his family is very activity-based, they still st- they still do appreciate a meal. You know, the yeah. Cubans know how to cook. Um, and they were very confused about the seven fishes, though. They Christmas were, but they, they were good sports. <laughs> they were very good sports. I, they were very good sports, but they were like, they were like what, what are you why? feeding us? This looks why? like garbage. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I will say his Abu and Abba, um, they were very good cooks. So I'll say like their Ropa Vieja is like our spaghetti and meatballs, right? Okay. That's what we keep. And, and, um, whenever he would go over to Abu and Abba's, if they would be, if they were making that, that was like a really good night. Um, and so we've tried to recreate it a couple times, but it's just, you just can't do it as well as grandma, you know? Of course not. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I will say that they, they're kind of classic, classic meals, they and they unlike us always have a fun cocktail paired with it so tommy's okay. dad will always make, be making a mojito or a dark and stormy or something they're they're always making a fun cocktail um and then the music they, they they've got the music on in the background and even if if you're at, at the stove they're kind of shaking their hips a little bit right <laughs> so that's that's kind of the fun fun dinner tradition for them well i love that um yeah. Well, thanks for joining me and kind of dissecting into our family, but it's always fun. I mean, we love talking about our family. It's always, this is just like a normal day. Yeah. And (laughs) I, I, what I hope is that I can bring on people to talk about, I mean, I love hearing about other people's family traditions. I think it's so fun and interesting and also get, you get a glimpse into people's personalities. Like we just learned that it's, you know, a lot kind of wrapped up in the culture that they grew up in. So I hope that that I can. And that history that you brought in too. Yes. Hopefully you can, people can, we can kind of, you can dive into, you know, okay, we're, we've done this forever, but where did that, where did that come from? Why do we do this? Right. Um, yeah, I love, I would love to have more conversations like this because I always think it's really interesting and it's, the best part of America is that there's just so many people with so many different stories and they're all interesting and they're all, you know, I don't know. It's exciting. So anyway, thank you for sitting at my kitchen table. Love you. I love you too. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye.